Hey, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and if you've been with us at all before, you know that at Hello Mornings, we often talk about the three components of a great morning routine, and that's God time, plan time, and move time. We That might sound like a lot if you're new to Hello Mornings, but we have a three-minute morning routine that you can literally get all those in in just three minutes. But we also want to talk about how do we grow that routine once we have that foundation of the three-minute morning. So today we're talking about our move time. We're talking with Melissa O'Hare, and she's been a fitness instructor for over 15 years. And we're going to be talking about how do we get rid of the fitness guilt, because we've all been there. We've all had a holiday or um, a vacation when we've just totally gotten off track, or maybe we've just had a life where we've gotten off track and we feel guilty about the decisions that we've made. And today we're going to be talking about how can we not just get back on track, but how can we look at our health and fitness in such a way that guilt is not the obstacle that it so often is for us. Melissa has a lot of history in the fitness industry, and then she's also going to be sharing a bit of her story. So let's jump in with our conversation with Melissa O'Hare. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so you are actually a friend of mine that I run into every day at school pickup and many other times, and that I'm so thankful for because you take all the pictures for my son's fifth grade class. I'm like, oh, I don't need to get a picture. Melissa's going to get a picture. Right? Yes. It's something that I enjoy doing. So I'm glad to hear that you appreciate it. Thank you. I love it. So um, I would love for everyone else to get to know you a little bit. I already know you, but I want them to get to know Mm -hmm. you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa. Well, my name is Melissa and I've lived in Waco for about the last nine years. We're originally from Nebraska and I have been a fitness instructor for about 15 years now, starting when I was in college. And um, one of my passions is using my fitness knowledge and my passions for um, healthy lifestyles to help others and to bless them and help them become the person that God created them to be. I love it. And y'all, she's also like an energizer bunny. I feel like <laughs> if anything can be done, Melissa is somehow involved in it. She's absolutely amazing. So what well, thank you. What does the Energizer Bunny's morning routine look like? Do you have a morning routine? It's okay if you don't. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And my morning routine really depends on what my day is going to look like. So um, one thing that's very important to me is making time for me to have some type of workout and to achieve my fitness goals, um, my move time, basically. And so if I know my move time is going to happen later in the day after I drop my kids off from school, or if I'm going to, let's say, take my youngest two out for a run in the jogging stroller, um, my morning routine basically consists of the three-minute morning. And um, I consider that kind of a minimum of where I start my day, and I adjust that based on what my day is going to look like. Um Living here in Central Texas, it's pretty hot pretty much from about uh, April to November. And so getting your day started with that water, um, drinking a full glass of water like you recommend in the three-minute morning um, is going to really help you achieve your overall fitness and wellness goals because so many of us wake up dehydrated and we don't even know it. And so making a conscious day or effort to start your day by doing something as simple as that can really help you stay on track. So that is something that ever since I 
read your book, Hello Mornings. Um, I always try to get my water in anyway, but that's something that I absolutely never, ever miss. I actually get up, I fill up my glass of water, and then I start my coffee maker. I am kind of uh, obsessed with coffee, uh, maybe more so than I should be. Um, But I always tell myself I'm not going to drink my coffee until I've uh, had my full glass of water. And that's kind of my little reward. And so um, I set my alarm a little bit early, earlier than normally I would plan on. And I start that way. I love it. Do you have a certain kind of coffee that you like? You know, I'm not, for as much as I love coffee, I honestly just buy whatever is cheapest. I think I get that from my dad. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> that not makes a it easy. It's more of a quantity over quality type thing for me. <laughs> Um, so I still have a big old fashioned coffee maker, uh, that makes 12 cups. Um, I could never do a Keurig because I would go through, um, a ridiculous amount of trash, um, yeah. <laughs> by single cups. So I just go for the whole pot. I just dive right in. Yeah. We do the pot thing as well, yep. except when my husband's out of town and then I use the Keurig and then I realize how much money I'm saving by using the whole pot. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And so, um, once I've had my water, I've got my coffee going, um, I sit down and the, uh, next thing that I do is I have my God time. And so for those listeners who haven't read about the three minute morning, it's basically devoting a minute to your move time, a minute to God and a minute to planning your day. And, um, that's a minimum. And I really like to expand on that, but I always start somewhere in there. So I sit down with my devotional. I have a really neat devotional that somebody had given me, uh, a few years ago. It is you are his by Darlene Salem. And, um, honestly, this is a little bit silly, but the thing I like most about it is it's so fun to write in. And so it has a really nice leather cover and it, and the pages are really sturdy and I absolutely love gel pens. So I get my color gel pens out and I write in it and, um, it just kind of makes me happy to add to that every day and to reminisce and kind of look back on the days that I've had in the past. And, um, One thing that I've really liked to do on Monday mornings is I'll get my bulletin for my church service the day before and I get out all the notes that I had taken on that bulletin. And for so many years, I had taken notes on bulletins and they'd gotten lost in my purse or left under the car seat in the back or something on the way home from church. Uh, But what I've started to do is I have a place for notes in the back of this devotional and I will rewrite all those notes that I took in the service into my devotional. So I have them all in one place and it serves as a really great refresher of the things that the pastor talked about and some things that I really want to meditate and focus on and pray about as my week goes on. And, um, so yeah, yeah. And then finally I get out my planner. Uh, like I said, I'm a, I love my gel pens. So I have my planner and I have my gel pens and my weekly planner has all kinds of color coordinated notes in it. And I just open it up and I look at the things that I have going on today so I can mentally prepare for those. And then I also look at the rest of the week to make sure that I'm prepared for that. Um, as I'm planning my morning ahead of time, I even like to write my move time in my planner. Mm -hmm. 
in schedule those types of things. So if I know that I'm going to go for a jog when the kids are at school, I'm, I do that. If I know that I'm going to go to um, one of my Camp Gladiator workouts, I have that scheduled in there. If I have an extra busy day where I know I can't take time out of that day to work out, I will go ahead and schedule my move time for early morning. So I'll write, you know, run before I get the kids up from school. So I can make sure that mentally I'm prepared to allow myself the time that I need in order to put my fitness, uh, make it a priority and make sure that I reach those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. So two quick questions. Yeah. You like gel pens. Do you have a favorite brand? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I have one right here and it is, um, it's a pilot G2 pilot G2 familiar with those. Yes. They, they write so smoothly Uh and, um, I'm going to be honest. I have, I had a little cup on my desk with all my gel pens and they would disappear. (laughs) I found them all in my daughter's backpack. So I'm not the only one who has a gel pen obsession. So don't tell her, but I have a secret hidden stash now. (laughs) That's awesome. I won't tell her. I promise. (laughs) Yes. Um, and a planner, what kind of planner do you use? You know, I actually just went and got one from the dollar store, but um, it's going to be running out this summer. And so it's a school year planner. And so as um, obsessed as I am with organization and neatness, I have actually been researching planners and um, uh, it's it's a bigger decision than I probably should be. <laughs> yes, I hear you. Um, yes. And so, but I did notice on your website that you have a downloadable planner. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And so that's, uh, my husband uh, just hooked up our printer for us because I have to have it in paper for me to look at and write on. Yeah. And so um, I'm thinking that's going to be what I'm going to be um, going towards this summer as we start a new school year and get ready for that. So I'm pretty excited about looking into that and finding out what that's all about. Nice. Nice. I love it. Okay. So you have an awesome morning routine. And and what I, what I like about what you mentioned there, especially when it came to uh, planning your day and then thinking about fitness is that you kind of wrote it in. And I found this is not for everybody. There are some people, I think I'm a weird kind of ENFP. Are you familiar with Myers-Briggs by chance? Have you heard of Myers-Briggs? Okay. It's like a personality type thing and there's yes. a personality well, I've done the DISC the disc okay uh, got it yeah. and so it's a similar thing similar. Yeah. um yes yeah and so I you know as much as I like to be spontaneous at the same time it is very relaxing to me to mm-hmm. put to do things like work out or even you know mm-hmm. picking up um birthday cake or whatever for, mm-hmm. you know on actually on my schedule so yes. that I know okay this is when it actually fits into my day instead of it kind of floating around in my head yes. and thinking oh at some point I need to work it in mm-hmm. and that not knowing kind of stresses me out and so just having yes. it on there really feels peaceful so I like how even though fitness is obviously already important to you you've been a fitness mm-hmm. instructor mm-hmm. for a long time you still write it in so that you know when it's going to happen and I think that's great Absolutely. And it takes away the responsibility of trying to remember something and trying to think about something. And so you can just look at it, know that it's there, cross it off when you know that you've done it and it's not in the back of your mind. Absolutely. I always tell my kids um, when they ask me something, usually the answer is yes, but I say, if you don't write it down, I promise it won't happen because mom won't remember. So I have all kinds of notes from my kiddos as well in my planner. 
Um, you know, the most recent one here that Mia had written yesterday because it was the deadline to sign up for church summer camp was don't forget to sign Mia up for church summer camp. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they absolutely know that mom's planners where everything needs to be. So that way it frees up my mind to think about other things and not be stressed out about trying to remember anything. So good. So good. Now Mm -hmm. talking about your kids, let's talk a little bit about your fitness journey. You've been been a fitness instructor for a long time. Mm -hmm. You've also had a lot of pregnancies. So yes, Let's chat a little bit about that and how that's impacted your health and your fitness. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have had five babies, four pregnancies. My first pregnancy was a twin pregnancy. And all of my first one was when I was 22. My husband and I got married at 20. Um, We had twins at 22. And then my last uh, pregnancy was this last summer at 34. And so that is quite a big difference, um, being pregnant at 22 and being pregnant at 34. I do have four children. I have biological twins who are 11. And then I have a biological daughter who is four. And we also have an adopted daughter who is four. We adopted her from China two years ago. June will be two years. I've also had two surrogate babies for very, very sweet and wonderful deserving couples, one down in Austin and one up in Dallas. And so I have had four pregnancies, five babies. I've had four C-sections. And so postpartum health and fitness, uh, health and fitness and making healthy choices while pregnant and, um, also just encouraging new moms is something that is very, very near and dear to my heart. And I also share an empathy for, women who are struggling with regaining their postpartum bodies, because I have done that several times and I promise it doesn't get easier. (laughs) Um, Mentally it gets easier because I know having done it the first time it could be done. But the first time I remember um, very clearly having a feeling of how in the world am I going to get back to where I was? And um, that can be a really scary thought um, to a new mom on top of the emotions that go along with being a new mom, the responsibilities, the sleep deprivation. Um, and so I think it's really important to encourage those new moms and give them some realistic goals and some realistic timelines and, um, some things that they can do to actually put those in action and to keep encouraging them. I love that because I think it's so applicable to, you know, whether you're listening and you've had kids or you haven't had kids, We've all gone on um, journeys with our body, whether it's been, you know, the holidays and having a food baby after the holidays Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whether it's actually, you know, having an actual baby or um, having um, an illness or or Mm -hmm. or, um, an injury or something like that. We've all gone on these journeys and Mm -hmm. we all can sometimes look back and be like, whoa, how did I get this off track? What, what exactly happened? How did I make, maybe it could be, how did I make all these bad decisions and end up over here when I really wanted to be over Mm -hmm. there? And so what are some of the kind of the small, simple habits that you have incorporated into your life that have helped you get back on track all those times? You know, there is a very common saying, and most pregnant women have heard it, um, it took you nine months to put the weight on, it can take you nine months to a year to take the weight off. And that can be very frustrating. But the reason that it is so commonly said is because it is so true. 
Um, when it comes to sustainable weight loss, I really believe that slow and steady wins the race. Um, quick fat weight, fast weight loss is never the way to go because the risk of gaining it back is huge. And most of the things that we have to do to lose weight quickly are going to be changes that are unsustainable. So in the long run, if it's not something that we can stick with or something that we can maintain, we're not going to be successful at it. So I encourage new moms and pregnant moms to be patient with themselves. I went through IVF with the two surrogate babies and a lot of those hormones that I was putting in my body in order to sustain those pregnancies, while I was very, very thankful and felt so blessed to be a part of it and that God was choosing to use me in that way, um, they had effects on my body that kind of made me feel like I was a stranger in my own body and that my body was betraying me. Um, the mood swings, the cravings, um, the weight gain that felt a bit uncontrollable, um, it made me feel like I was a stranger in my own skin. And I think a lot of new moms and postpartum moms and pregnant moms can relate to that feeling. So I really encourage um, pregnant moms to be patient with themselves and, um, to realize that they are fueling their bodies. They are sustaining their babies. They are making healthy decisions and they need to make healthy decisions in order to, um, allow their babies to thrive. So the things that they are doing, whether they are pregnant or breastfeeding or bottle feeding, all of those decisions are going to be beneficial to their babies. And I also encourage new moms to give themselves a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to let their bodies heal. They're going to need to make sure they get enough sleep. And if they're breastfeeding, they're going to need to make sure they're getting enough calories. All of those things are going to impact their fitness journeys. And I definitely, definitely hope that all the new moms out there and the pregnant moms are showing themselves some grace and making sure that they are doing things with the intentions of fueling their bodies right, fueling their babies and um, providing nutrition for their babies and also creating habits that are sustainable. Mm, I think that's so huge. The, the whole sustainable habit concept because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, it's not like we just get back in shape after a certain period of time and then we can go back to the decisions that we were making before. Mm -hmm. The things, the decisions that we make to get into shape are the decisions that we need to be making over the long haul. So these steady, Mm -hmm. simple habits are just so key. So, um, Mm -hmm. so you have, you know, regardless of the fact that you've been a fitness instructor for many years, mm-hmm. your body has gone on, you know, in, in highs and lows in all kinds yes, of different ways. Absolutely. And I think that's so applicable um, really to everybody listening because we've all been there and mm-hmm. it can be so frustrating sometimes to, yeah. especially after the holidays or maybe after a big summer party or whatever it is, we eat something, we, we have this big party and we eat all the things. And mm-hmm. then we're so frustrated because we're like, oh, yes, I failed. Absolutely. We've all been there. We've all been there. And um, I think the biggest breakthrough that I had, um, not just as a fitness instructor, but just as myself, was when I adopted routines and mindsets that allowed me to view my fitness journey as um, a habit and sustainable lifestyle as opposed to a means just to an end. And so when I was able to do that, I was able to turn my thinking into um, not necessarily 
things that are good for me, things that are bad for me. Oh, I failed and now I've fallen off the wagon into this idea that I want to make decisions that are going to benefit my fitness journey. Um, sometimes I make decisions that are not necessarily bad, but they are not benefiting my fitness journey, and that's okay. When I try to think of um, good versus bad, that is really difficult for me because um, I really start to think of the bad things as off-limits, and once I've made a decision that I consider bad – I feel as if my whole day has been wasted and there's no point in trying anymore because I've already been a failure. I've already right. eaten 12 cookies at this party. I might as well go home and binge on the leftover pizza in my fridge yeah. when ultimately that is not how I want anybody to view their fitness journeys. You know, there's actually a scientific term. Well, not really scientific, but there's a, a PhD. Her name is Dr. Kelly McGonigal, and she wrote a book called, I think it's called Willpower. And she mm -hmm. calls it um, the what the heck effect. And mm -hmm. it's the idea of <laughs> absolutely 12. Now, if you look up that book, I don't actually think she calls it the what the heck effect. That's my uh -huh. translation of it. But mm -hmm. it's the idea of, you know, I ate 12 cookies. I might as well finish the bag. You know, absolutely. it's just kind of how our brains are wired to think, well, it's, you know, all down here, downhill here, especially if we look at it as bad versus just non-beneficial or not on our fitness journey. It, it, when we feel like we, it's this, you know, I either failed or I didn't fail mm -hmm. meter, then we're so much more likely to kind of just give up the whole shebang. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one thing that I encourage um, all my campers at um, Camp Gladiator to do, and also anybody who comes to me for fitness advice and all, also my family and myself, um, I encourage them to forget the all or nothing mentality because mm. that can be really, really toxic. Um, I had somebody who was working out with me say, hey, I'm going to be about 10 minutes late tomorrow. Is that okay? Um, absolutely. Because the alternative is not coming to work out at all. Right. So we need to forget this all or nothing mentality. Um, or if I have a mom who comes to a workout and she brings her kids, she spends half the workout running around after her kids, chasing them, getting them snacks. And so sometimes she feels, well, why did I even come? Um, because you still got a workout. You didn't get the workout you would have gotten without kids, but it's not an all or nothing thing. You mm -hmm. still made a, a beneficial decision. You still got out there and got to move and you did something even more than you wouldn't have done had you decide not to come at all. And it's the exact same mindset as far as if you, um, make a non-beneficial decision early in the day, that doesn't mean anything. And so that's where I really want to go into, what I call the 80-20 rule, try to make healthy decisions, beneficial decisions 80% of the time. If you do that, that allows you the freedom to expect to make decisions that are not beneficial to your health and fitness goals 20% of the time. So um, if it is a family's birthday. And I, I tell you what, I have a secret obsession with cookie cake and buttercream frosting. <laughs> and so, and so um, if it's a family holiday, if it's a birthday, if it's Mother's Day, um, we celebrate with cookie cake. And it it is my Achilles heel. I absolutely love it. And since I focus on making beneficial decisions 80% of the time, when I choose to indulge in cookie cake, 
I don't see that as a failure and I don't see that as the downhill point of the rest of my day. I see that as my 20% that I have allowed myself to make decisions that are not directly benefiting and impacting my fitness goals in a positive way. And that relieves the guilt that I may have felt otherwise. And that also relieves me from the idea of, well, I just ate two big slices of cookie cake. I might as well go back after dinner and finish the rest of it. And so um, one thing that I really, really liked in your book, Hello Mornings, and that really resonated with me when I read it was the donut story. Um, the study that they did about the two groups who were each told to eat a donut and then they were told they could eat as much candy as they wanted to after they ate the donut. The one group was told that they were eating the donut because it was beneficial to the study and that it was important that they do so. And therefore, by doing that, that relieved any guilt that they felt about eating the donut. The second group wasn't told that at all and they were simply told that they could eat the candy. Uh, the group that felt guilty about eating the donut ate 50, was it 50% more candy? It was 40%. 40% more, a significant amount. I mean, that's, if you're looking at candy, I mean, that that could add up to several hundred calories because that right there, uh, illustrates that what the heck effect. And, um, so when you're not feeling guilty about those 20%, uh, decisions that you make that frees you to continue to make those beneficial decisions for the rest of your day. Oh, that's so good. I just like how that 80-20 concept gives us a box to Mm -hmm. put, you know, the donut, the cookie cake, whatever in instead of being Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just failed. There's no there's no box. There's no place for me to put this. I might as well just step outside of my whole plan and just, you know, go downhill Mm -hmm. from here. But it gives us a label. Oh, this is my 20 percent. Mm hmm. Yes. And it also eliminates um, the idea that a beneficial decision could potentially be wasted. So what I mean by that is there are sometimes uh, people who may say, I only worked out once this week. Well, I want that to be a paradigm shift. I want them to think, hey, I worked out this week. Mm -hmm. And so um, that beneficial decision they made, that wasn't wasted. Was it, did they meet their goal of maybe working out three to four times a week? No, but that doesn't mean that they should not have made that decision. And so every single thing that we do that can better ourselves and to keep ourselves healthy is worth it and it's worth celebrating. Mm, That's so good. I just love the concept of just getting rid of the guilt. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I made up this mathematical equation of guilt plus grace equals growth. When we let, Mm -hmm. you know, the guilt that we might feel kind of be the pinprick to say, oh, maybe this wasn't the best decision. And Mm -hmm. then we embrace the grace that God gives us to just keep moving forward and to keep going, then we can grow. But when, if you think about guilt and and, um, grace and the two postures that people adopt with each of those, like if you imagine what what, what would a posture of guilt look like and what would a posture of grace look like? If we live in a posture of guilt, we think we're, you know, kind of maybe our hands over our face, maybe we're Mm -hmm. hunched down, we're definitely not moving forward. Mm-hmm. But if we think about a posture of grace, maybe we have our arms out and we're we're reaching out for the grace that God's giving us. And so the idea of just, you know, okay, there might be guilt there. I'm just going to recognize it and I'm going to walk in the grace so that I can keep keep on growing. And I love how this, that 80-20 idea gives us a space mm-hmm. to do that. That's so good. 
It does. It does. And you talk also in your book about um, willpower being a limited, a finite resource. And um, that also helps with this because you're not saying when you wake up first thing in the morning, I'm going to be, quote, good the whole day. Right. Well, that really is an unattainable expectation of ourselves. And uh, that willpower is finite. So where we can use that willpower to maybe make good uh, what we would consider a good nutritional, uh, decisions. Maybe we're going to lose that willpower when it comes to actually getting out there and doing some of our mood move time or vice versa. So the 80, 20 really allows us, it gives us some wiggle room. It gives us some freedom. Um, I say the 20% love it and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love my cookie cake and then I move on. Um, and I also like to really encourage everybody to make the 20% count. And what I mean by that is make a conscious effort to really examine what you're using that 20% for. And a great example for me is peanut M&Ms for a couple of reasons. One peanut M&M has about 10 calories in it. In order to burn 10 calories, you have to do a high intensity exercise such as sprinting or burpees or high knees for a whole minute. Now, a minute doesn't seem incredibly long until you're sprinting for a minute. Then that minute (laughs) seems like an eternity. That is going to be the equivalent of one peanut M&M. Now, if you absolutely love peanut M&Ms, by all means, that is absolutely worth your time. I encourage you to eat those peanut M&Ms within reason, love them, and move on. But for somebody such as myself, I don't particularly care for peanut M&Ms. But... I mean, I'm never going to say I don't like any kind of candy or I'm not going to turn it down. And if there's a bowl of peanut M&Ms there um, at the at the corner of the desk at work in the break room, um, if I don't particularly like those types of candy, I want to look at that and say, is that going to be worth it in the long run if I don't love it? Mm-hmm. And um, when I think of it that way, it's a peanut M&M to me is not worth sprinting for a minute. Right, right. And but you're like, is that what I want yeah. to spend my 20% on? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we're brutally honest with ourselves about how we're fueling our bodies, we need to look at those types of things and um, realize you know, are we staying within that 20%? Is that 20%? Is that things that um, we are going to really love? Is it worth it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've the past. I guess about four or five months, I've really been into just tracking what I eat. And it started mm-hmm. with just writing it down. I would just actually use my my phone and tell Siri, add, you know, breakfast hash to my food note. And so mm-hmm. I would just say whatever I was eating. And mm-hmm. then I started using the Fitbit app and I would start tracking, you know, more of the macros and the nutritional mm-hmm. content of what I was eating. And it was remarkable to me how just by tracking what I was eating, I ate differently mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, wait, I don't even really like grocery mm-hmm. store cupcakes. I don't want to yes. have to write that down. Yes. And just having Absolutely. that added step, I was like, it's not it's not actually worth it to me. And mm-hmm. I was just mindlessly doing that before. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us do that because that's something that definitely hits home for me. Um, when I started keeping a food diary is, um, I would 
make my daughter's breakfast. And if one of them wanted Lucky Charms, well, it's pretty easy to grab, grab a handful of Lucky Charms because those marshmallows are pretty tasty. <laughs> and then um, justify the fact, well, I didn't have Lucky Charms for breakfast. I just had a handful here and there. But if I'm actually going to have to go through the effort to log that, to track that, or right. some apps, um, you know, that you actually want a physical measurement. And so to sit there and think, okay, maybe that was like, <laughs> I mean, that's just too much yeah. work. Um, and it makes us become more intentional about what we are eating. And so if you do have listeners out there who are wanting to really take the 80, 20 concept, um, to heart and to put that into practice, I would encourage them to be brutally honest with themselves for a week and write down everything that they eat, even if it is three peanut M&Ms, um, one hard candy peppermint, a handful of Lucky Charms, and you will see how that adds up. And um, I encourage them to focus on things and to evaluate if it's really worth it or if it's just mindless eating um, or eating something because it's there and they're not even really enjoying it. Yep. Oh, I've realized now how much I do that, especially you know when it gets later at night or especially once the mm -hmm. kids are all in bed. And mm -hmm. I'm like, freedom. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of junk food do I have in the house? Oh, I don't really have any. This is the closest thing I can find. I don't even like it, but it's sugar. And so I just want to yes. sit down with it and a Jane Austen movie. And absolutely. Yeah. And so, but now having to write that down or, you know, even, I mean, this is how sad it is, but even having to tell Siri, add this to the food journal, even just acknowledging yeah. that mm -hmm. I consumed it. Mm -hmm. makes me not want to consume it. And so it has forced me, not forced me, but um, encouraged me, I guess, to find different alternatives of things that I really like that really yes. aren't bad for me. Like I've realized I love sparkling water. I don't, I never, mm -hmm. I've never really actually liked soda very much, but mm -hmm. I love sparkling water. It's a fun treat. Or um, there's a, an ice cream called Halo Top. Yes. Oh but. my. We have about four pints in our fridge <laughs> or a freezer right now. Uh, and my husband and I are uh, having a great time exploring all the flavors and finding <laughs> yes. the ones that we think are the best. Well, it's awesome because you get a whole pint and it says like 280 calories in the whole yep. pint. And so just in my head, I'm like, there's my 20%. I could sit down and right eat there. the whole pint if I wanted to. And it would feel so indulgent. Absolutely. And yet it's, you know, not that I'm going to necessarily eat the whole pint, but maybe. Maybe I will. Yeah, oh, I, I, just I, love... I absolutely do every time. I've never eaten less than a whole bunch. <laughs> That's awesome. Ne yes, ne never dished it out and put it in a bowl, just straight from the container. Um, but a great thing about that is um, not only is that 20%, but it, it is also fueling your body because it's a high-protein mm -hmm. um, food. And um, we need protein. We need protein to build muscles. And a topic for another day would be the importance of building muscle and strength training as we get older as females. Um, and so that's one thing that you can feel good about your 20%. You can sit down. You can eat that whole thing. You can love it. You can move on. And it ultimately has benefited you in some way. Mm -hmm. Not the entire thing, but there is something beneficial and redeeming about that. Right. And also, that fits into the concept that you mentioned in your books about about trading um, things out. If mm -hmm. you consider Halo Top um, or some type of uh, low-calorie, low-fat, high-protein dessert um, as a, almost an equal exchange for a, some different kind of dessert, then in your mind, you can make that switch. And that's a pretty effortless thing. If you're going to eat ice cream anyway, you can make that um, healthy switch. It's the same as switching out whole grain pasta with regular pasta. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do to make small changes 
that maybe don't seem like they're going to add up. But fitness is a journey. It's a long-term lifestyle. It's not a quick fix. And all these small changes will have an effect and will build over years and years. Right. Just like our poor choices have built up over the years and had a similar effect, our good choices. So can I tell you my new favorite thing? Absolutely. I can't wait to hear it. It's it's very exciting to me anyway. So yes. I get, and I, well, I don't get it much anymore because I also introduced it to my 13-year-old daughter, Allison. And so uh-huh. now everything that I need to make this is mysteriously missing Yes, because she eats it. But I get frozen raspberries and I uh-huh. put them in a bowl and I top them with Reese's Magic Shell. Really? Yeah. I never because, even thought about that. Well, because the raspberries are frozen, uh, right. they're cold. And so the Reese's Magic Shell freezes on top of it. Totally not. I mean, Reese's Magic Cup, who knows what's in it? Whatever. It's really right. Good. But <laughs> it's so tasty to eat. Yes. And then the raspberries aren't, you know, they're little. And so they break up. And so it's mm-hmm. easy to eat anyway. So it's, it's like eating raspberry ice cream, but it, it has a redeeming quality to it. It does. Maybe if you it. throw some, some, some Greek, non, you know, nonfat, um, plain Greek yogurt under it. Absolutely. Anyway, there's just fun little things that we can do that we can find that are like, this is really good. Yeah, you can indulge it, fall in that 20%, Mm -hmm. and it can still be something that's delicious and have um, a component of it that does fuel your body in a beneficial way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some kind of small beneficial habits that women can adopt to kind of move forward on their fitness journey? Yeah. So... I think the first thing that they should do is see fitness as a habit, just like brushing their teeth and showering. And it's taking care of their bodies as opposed to a means um, Mm -hmm. to the end. And that end is how they look. I don't ever want women to uh, adopt healthy eating or a fitness routine if simply all they want to do is fit an image because I believe that if that is their only motivation, I don't think they can be very successful at it. Instead, um, I want them to develop habits that are going to make them strong, make them healthy and, um, allow them to be the person that God has called them to be. And so some of the things that I have, um, done in order to do that is like we talked earlier, schedule your move time, be flexible about it and be open to change. But just know I have, you know, I have a full day ahead of me. The only time that I'm going to get some exercise in is if I go for a run before the kids wake up, um, different things like that. If knowing ahead of time that that's going to be the only time that I have to do that, I'm going to make sure that I get it done instead of suddenly it being 10 o'clock at night and me wondering where the day went and how time got away from me. And then I didn't get any of my fit goals accomplished. Yeah. Not um, that I've ever done that. I, I have a Fitbit <laughs> and I will sometimes be in my bathroom running up and down trying saying? to get to my steps <laughs> in and I'm just running in place. I'm like, I am such a goofball. Um, one thing that I love that you said there was taking care of our body as opposed to a means to an end, because no matter how far we get, and I think anybody, no matter how fit they are, would say this, no, Whenever you get to what you thought the end was, it's like a mirage. There's always Mm -hmm. another end. There's always Mm -hmm. another thing that you find that you want to do or that you're not quite where you wanted to be, even though you were, you might get where you thought you wanted to be. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just not the, it's not, it's not how God made us. It's not this, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't get to this satisfactory place where like, yes, this is, this is peace. This brings me fulfillment. That's Mm -hmm. not how God made us. And I, I love, I love your angle on that. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, one thing that, uh, you know, I want a lot of uh, especially busy moms to think about is find a schedule that works for you that allows time for meal planning, shopping and uh, meal prep. So um, for us, what works is we do one very big shopping trip on Sundays that happens to work for us. Then we'll come home and um, well, let me back up. I have a general idea of the meals that I want to do for the whole week. So when I go on that meal, or I'm sorry, on that shopping trip on Sunday, I can, for the most part, get the basics of what I'm going to need throughout the week. So that way I'm not scrambling on a Thursday night and trying to figure out something that I can give my kids that has some nutritional value. Um, And so if I have an idea ahead, I can know that if I'm going to be running late on Thursday, I can have something in the crock pot that's going to be healthy for them. And that way I'm not standing in the pantry eating a bag of chips wondering what I'm going to make for dinner. (laughs) Not that I've ever done that. Right, right. And so um, that is one thing that's definitely helped me is having a plan for the week, go for a shopping trip um, whenever that schedule allows for you. If you have older kids who are in school, uh, you might drop them off first thing Monday morning. First thing in the morning is a great time to go to the grocery store. There's hardly anybody there. Uh, Get your shopping done for the week. And then I would encourage everybody to spend some time um, making sure that there are always fresh options available for not only themselves, but also for their kids. And so I spend quite a bit of time cutting up fruit and um, preparing vegetables and even just rinsing grapes and having them in a container that even my four-year-old can grab from the fridge and eat without thinking um, or without having to do too much work. It makes those healthy decisions and those beneficial decisions much easier for my kids. We have a rule in our house that um, if the kids want a snack, they have to ask me unless it's fruit or vegetables, then they're allowed to just grab that whenever they want. And so that has really been helpful in me getting more fruits and vegetables in their diet. And it's become something that they really enjoy and that they expect from me. And so that's been a blessing as a mom to have kids who want to have fruit, who want to have vegetables, who, um, if we are out of strawberries, they're upset because they want strawberries (laughs) instead of fruit snacks. And so that's a really great thing that we've implemented in our family. It is a time commitment, but it is definitely, definitely worth it. I love that. And I think it's interesting how a big part of your move time is actually your plan time of knowing kind of what meals you're going to eat, knowing when Absolutely. you're going to work out and that sort of thing. And, you know, I even like that the simple habits and suggestions that you're giving aren't necessarily to go out and run 10 miles or, nope. you know, they're not these big things. Mm-hmm. Just think about when you're going to do it and, and get something mm-hmm. done like you were talking about. It's better mm-hmm. just to get one workout in or, you know, five minutes for the day Mm -hmm. and call that a win rather than to not get anything done at all. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, another thing that I really think is beneficial, has been really great for our family is getting the whole family on board with this idea of we want to be healthy. We want to be strong. We want to use our bodies in the way that God intended. And so my kids have grown up around the idea that being active is just what you do. And, um, it's nothing that I've ever forced on my kids, but as my two twins get older, they have found that they enjoy running. They enjoy being outside without me having to nag them or tell them to get outside or do incorporating any types of exercises or eating healthily. And so they even expect 
it from me. So the question with my kids is never, mom, are you going to work out today? Mom, are you going to go running today? It's mom, are you running before school or are you going to run this afternoon when we all go to the park? And them seeing my example, I don't even have to tell them that I want them to incorporate healthy lifestyles. They just see it. And by default, they end up mimicking that without even realizing it. Uh, A great story is my youngest daughter was uh, in her preschool class. They were talking about careers and they were all told to bring something to school that represented what their mommies or daddies did. One of my preschoolers took a train because my husband works for the railroad, but my youngest daughter took a set of weights and she brought it out of her backpack and they, her teachers told me that when it was her turn, she laid down on the floor and she said, my mommy works out. And she started doing a bench press with little one pound dumbbells. (laughs) It was pretty precious. They sent me a picture and that to me is so fulfilling because the idea of working out just being something that you do, like you said, it's not necessarily running a 10 K it's not doing a Ironman. It's not doing a Spartan race necessarily. Those are wonderful things and those are great goals. But if that's something that you don't have a desire to do, that doesn't mean that you can't incorporate physical fitness into your lifestyle. It can be as simple as taking the family on an outing to the park as opposed to somewhere else. It can be packing a picnic lunch and taking healthy snacks with you instead of ordering pizza when you get home. Pizza in it itself, I'm never going to say that that's bad, but that's definitely going to fall into that 20%. Whereas why don't we use these opportunities to make healthy decisions and make it so our kids just assume that this is what we do and this is normal and this is part of everyday life. Mm, That's so good. I think that's, you know, it's easy for us to see that in a lot of different areas, you know, professional athletes whose kids grow up and end up playing the sport and become a professional athlete or professional musicians whose kids grow up and become musicians. As Mm -hmm. the kids see those things in their parents' lives, then it just becomes a normal part of who they are and and the habits and the routines that they have Mm -hmm. as well. I love that. And I know that one thing that we've done in our family is, you know, we we live in kind of a hilly area of our town. And um, so our, our, our yard is very hilly and not flat, but we love tennis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we have a little drive in the back of our, our house. The, our garage is in our back. And we just got a tennis net and a couple potted planters, um, mm-hmm. you know, like big planters. And then we tied um, stakes to them and tied the net to it. So we have this little <laughs> mini tennis court in uh-huh. our backyard just because we like tennis. And it's just been a great way to get our kids outside you know we can't play actual tennis it's not big enough but Mm -hmm. we get out there and we we work on our volleys and our short game and so just Mm -hmm. you know whatever it is that you love to do um finding Mm -hmm. a creative way to make it happen it might not look perfect it might not look the way it's quote-unquote supposed to look but just finding that Mm -hmm. simple way uh to incorporate that into your life and to make it happen Um, absolutely yeah yeah that's so great um so melissa you work with Camp Gladiator. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and um, how people can find y'all online? Absolutely. Yes. And so Camp Gladiator is an outdoor group fitness. Um, I like to describe it almost as PE or field day for adults. And um, there are no lions or spears. 
or no. swords and so there's no gladiator type element. there is no okay, absolutely good. not and there are no drill sergeants who are going to yell at you and make you awesome. cry no absolutely <laughs> not um a camp gladiator's mission is to positively impact the physical fitness and ultimately the lives of as many people as possible and they do that in a lot of a lot of different ways we as adults have kind of forgotten how to be part of a team we have kind of forgotten what it's like to be in a community that has accountability and to get out there and make positive, healthy, beneficial decisions for ourselves. And Camp Gladiator is an outlet for that. And so it's something that I am really, really passionate about. Uh, it allows our campers to get out there in a environment that's non-judgmental, and we have accountability not only with the trainers but also camper to campers. And so, um, it's something that I have fallen in love with over the last few years, and I'm really excited to now be a part of it as a trainer and getting that going. So, Camp Gladiator originated in Dallas about nine years ago, and it has been spreading like wildfire. It is the nation's fastest growing group fitness movement. And it is also most, one of the most recognized. So even, um, people that I have talked to who have never actually been out to camp Gladiator, most people will at least recognize the brand or know somewhat of what I'm talking about. And so that's really exciting to me to be a part of that. We have locations. Yeah. We have locations, uh, obviously here in Waco and other areas of Central Texas, Hillsboro and Temple, but it's in Dallas. It's in San Antonio. Uh, we just launched a new camp in Lubbock and Corpus Christi, and it's also growing very, very fast outside of Texas. There are camps in Charlotte. Nashville just launched. The trainer there is absolutely amazing. I had the opportunity to work under her when I was doing some of my training at the Camp Gladiator Academy, and she was phenomenal. Raleigh, Shreveport, Tampa, Orlando, all of those places Camp Gladiator is growing and giving the pe people there an opportunity to become involved, be part of a community, and have those accountability partners that are going to help them reach their goals. They make fitness fun, and the trainers are incredibly encouraging, and they celebrate the victories of their campers. And I think that's really important because sometimes as a fitness professional or somebody who has been in fitness most of their lives, maybe just as a participant, not necessarily as an instructor, we sometimes tend to forget that that isn't always something that has been a part of somebody's life for a very long time. Sometimes somebody coming out to camp and even just showing up is a huge victory in mm -hmm. itself that we need to celebrate. The fact that maybe somebody has done their very first push-up ever, or who has run their first mile without stopping ever. These are incredible goals to mm -hmm. a lot of these people. And Camp Gladiator has been such a wonderful place to encourage people of all fitness levels and to give them that safe space in order to help reach those goals. I love that. I love, you know, also how you just mentioned the word team, because it's so true. Mm -hmm. Just as adults, Absolutely. we're not on a team and it makes it so much more fun. And I think that's why yes. a lot of people enjoy group fitness because you feel yes. like a team. You and do. Yeah. You, re you really, really do. And when I first moved to Waco, I was a stay-at-home mom and my twins were about two and a half. And I remember after about six months thinking, I really need to make friends, but I don't know how. I don't go anywhere but the grocery store and I don't have a job. How am I supposed to meet people? How am I supposed to uh, find friends? How am I supposed to find that community of belonging that uh, so many of us had when we were in high school and in college, when we were parts of sports teams and clubs and different things like that? And so it really provides that 
teamwork environment that so many of us really thrive on. I love uh, the story of several weeks ago, I actually had a surgery that uh, was more significant than I expected it to be. And when I came home from the hospital, there on my doorstep was flowers and balloons and cards from my Camp Gladiator team members, my Aww. campers, not the ones who trained under me, but the ones that I was a participant under, just my friends that I knew from no other reason and from no other outlet other than Camp Gladiator that they had gotten together and done that and dropped that off at my house for me um, after this surgery that was uh, had a pretty significant impact on me. And so it's really an amazing phenomenon, and I can see why it is sweeping the nation. And I'm so excited to be a part of it, to talk about it and to be able to share that with others. So where can people find out more online? They can go to campgladiator.com and they can see if there are any locations in their area. If there aren't currently any locations in their area, I would encourage them to keep checking back periodically because we're always looking for new um, markets to launch and ways to share that with people all across the nation. Um, Anybody is welcome to message me on Facebook or send me an email if they have any questions about Camp Gladiator. Or if they're just starting their fitness journeys and they really don't know where to start, I'm more than happy to open that dialogue with them and give them encouragement and suggestions on where they can go from here. If there is anybody in any of these Camp Gladiator markets and they'd like to give it a try, please, please, um, I would encourage them to reach out to me because I can get them connected with a trainer in their area. Um, and if they're here in central Texas, close to Waco, I would even go so far as to hook them up with a trainer, come out and meet with them, attend their first camp with them, get them plugged into somewhere where they can fit and find a team that's going to encourage them to be the person that God has created them to be. I love it. I love it. We'll include a link to your Facebook um, yes. in the show notes. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I need her in my life, go to <laughs> hellomornings.org, go to this episode with Melissa O'Hare, click on the link, and we'll include a link to her Facebook there. So, awesome. awesome. Melissa, and thank if, you. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, anybody who reaches out to me through Facebook and just lets me know or sends me an email that they're interested, I will enter you into a drawing to win a four-week camp of Camp Gladiator in the market um, that you are closest to. So please just send me an email or a quick Facebook message saying, hey, friend me, follow me, and um, we can get you connected in whatever works best for you and your family. Awesome. We'll include all those links in the show notes, so be sure to head over there. And if you uh, go to HelenMornings.org, you can also sign up to get the show notes automatically delivered to you via email, which makes it easier. So you can do that as well. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you allowing me to come and speak with your listeners. Awesome. Well, you have a great week then. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Melissa. And if you want more resources for your morning, be sure to check out the Hello Mornings book. You can download the first chapter for free at hellomornings.org forward slash book. And as we mentioned in our chat with Melissa, if you want to get the links or anything that we mentioned in the show today, including her Facebook page and email, just go to hellomornings.org and look for the show notes for this episode with Melissa O'Hare. Click on the link and it's going to give you everything you need there on the show notes page. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. And I'll see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've said
by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com. 